Hello and welcome to another episode of the Prop Swap Podcast. We are your hosts, Ian Epstein and Luke Pergandy. And we are also the founders of PropSwap, the first marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Thank you so much for joining us this week. We've got a, another great episode for you. It is going to be a March Madness extravaganza. Uh, this week, we will be giving out two staker swap picks each, uh, one favorite, one long shot. Uh, but first, I thought Luke and I, we can go over some of our kind of favorite tips that you and I use and that we've kind of learned over the years uh, when it comes to to betting on the tournament because, um, you know, brackets are fun, but uh, safe to assume that your bracket could be busted um, by the end of the first weekend. I, I'm, I know I've been in that seat. I'm sure you've, you've had that happen to you. Uh, it's probably more likely than not. So um, betting on futures and and flipping them on prop swap uh, during the tournament is just another way to uh, to have some fun uh, over the next three weeks. Uh, so without further ado, um, let's just get into it. Uh, my first tip, uh, and I kind of mentioned this last week, is just to be looking for teams that are coming in hot, uh, whether that's winning the conference tournament, getting to the conference tournament championship game. Uh, here's Here's a stat for you. No team has ever won the national championship after losing its first game in their conference tournament. Uh, and this year, there are two uh, top four seeds that, that fall into that. Uh, number three seed Baylor and number four seed Kansas State both lost uh, in, in their first uh, round game. So uh, I don't know about you, but those are two teams uh, I will be staying away from. Yeah, I agree. I, I didn't need um, the Big 12 tournament to be fading Baylor. I haven't been a fan of this team over the last month. Um, and then kind of same story with Kansas State. They just they haven't looked – they haven't strung enough consistent wins together to make me believers in either of those teams. So uh, agreed with just you want to look for momentum, and momentum is not on either Baylor or Kansas State's side. Yeah. Um, now, the flip side of that, someone could say, you know, the Big 12 is probably the best conference in the nation uh and so obviously when you're playing in the best conference you're going to get tougher first round matchups but uh i i agree with both of your points um yeah baylor uh after being one of the you know probably the top uh, top five favorite uh for most of the year has definitely been going in the wrong direction and again that's that's kind of what we uh, that's not what we're looking for right i'm looking for teams that that are coming in hot you want to be trending uh in, in the right direction right now um my second tip uh, is when there's an early round upset, uh, look to quickly bet on the other favorites in that region. Uh, and so I'll give you an example. Last year, uh, when Iowa lost in the first round as a five seed, uh, I quickly hopped on the one seed in that region, uh, which ended up being Kansas. Uh, and uh, that, that paid off. Um, not every sports book will keep odds up during um, – during the tournament, but there are a few, uh, and I would be looking at those. I'd be looking at prop swap. Um, you know, we have a, I, I, one of our, I would say, most successful customers in terms of being a professional sports better. He he would do that all the time. I mean, it didn't matter. You know, it didn't matter if it was a thousand dollar ticket or a ten dollar ticket. He would be, uh, you know, hopping on on prop swap uh, once you know an upset looked likely or, or occurred. Um, it's one of those things where it's like the sports books are not. 
they're not focused on on adjusting the futures odds for other teams. Um, and so it could be, you know, the the one seed in that region, the two seed, just it's uh, it's one of those things that they will end up adjusting. But if you can get there quickly enough, uh, you can beat them to it. Definitely. Yeah. So just be looking at the futures odds while the tournament's going on. I think a lot of people don't do that. Um, and then to your point, as soon as that that large upset medium to large meeting, you know, a, a higher rank seed, just in any higher rank seed winning. Go scan the board and see what other teams are in that region in that corner, and then pounce on them if uh, if they haven't changed that number. Yeah, uh, if I remember correctly, I think I got Kansas at twelve to one um, when that happened, and obviously that you you never saw that number ever again uh, throughout the the rest of the yeah. tournament. And then the other thing too, when I when I think back uh, in regards to that that professional better uh, slash props off customer I was talking about, he would also let's say we're in the elite eight and if one team loses on one side of the bracket, he was buying tickets uh, on a team on the other side of the bracket too, which again, you may not think would matter, but again, it it's, if, if one of the favorites drops, it, it affects the odds all across the board. So um, maybe, you know, so early rounds be looking at other teams in that region, but when you get to that sweet 16 elite eight round, um, be looking, you can be even looking at teams on the other side of the bracket uh, to, to find value. Yeah. Yeah. Just last point in this, on this uh, tip is that like a Houston or an Alabama, both with really low single digit odds. Like imagine if one of those teams go, goes down, you don't necessarily have to go pounce on another team in that same region. You should, that's the point. But also if a Houston that five to one odds right now, before this tournament's even started, if they go down, you should be looking at the other ones, other two seeds that have a path forward. Like you can, that can have ripple effects across the whole bracket. Totally. Um, Tip number three, uh, don't fall in love with all of the Cinderella's. Uh, I realize not all Cinderella's are created equal. I mean, you could have called North Carolina last year technically a Cinderella because they were 101 uh, entering the tournament. But at the end of the day, they're, they're still kind of a, a, a blue blood. And the were never that big of underdogs, you know, in 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 their games. Uh, and so the the stat that I found interesting was, uh, after a team pulls off a double-digit spread upset, they are three and seventeen straight up, and five and fifteen against the spread in the next round. Uh, and this kind of goes back to maybe you know the Loyola story we were talking about uh, a couple weeks ago, where the upset Illinois, uh, and then you know it was everyone had just penned them in to beat Oregon State the the the, the following week or you know the, the following round. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, don't get too caught up in, in, in those Cinderella's when, when they spring this big upset. Um, so, yeah, that, I don't know. St. Yeah. Peter's has got to be, what, two of those right. three wins? I mean, that's <laughs> right. That's crazy. Yeah, and I think Florida and, – and there was this – I forget what the exact stat was, but for a while it had, like, never happened. Right, where where a team got a double digit upset and then did it, and then I know, and then it said Florida Gulf Coast was the first yeah. to to do it. Uh, I think obviously there's there's less parity in college basketball with um, the three point line. It, it's allow it, it does allow certain teams to to spring upsets, uh, and so I think the fact that Florida Gulf Coast was the first to do it, and then we've we've seen a couple more. It, it it's more likely to happen these days than it would maybe you know pre twenty thirteen or whenever that was, um, but. I think again, it goes back to 
you know, if you've got, let's say, an Oral Roberts, right, uh, who I think is is potentially live at 500 to 1, you know, I think good value. But when if and when they do spring that upset, that double-digit upset, um, that's the time to sell. Don't mm-hmm. don't be like, hey, you know what? Actually, maybe Oral Roberts uh, is the team to go to the Final Four or whatever. Uh, just do not get too married. You know, it's, it's smart to pick some of these deep long shots, but then you got to know when to hop off that ride. Totally. Uh, tip number four. Um, when a team is favored to win, their championship odds will not drastically improve. Um, I, I think we said this a couple weeks ago. It's something we go through every year. Uh, I, I'm i going to predict it will happen again this year with a team like Houston or a team like Alabama where, uh, let's say, you know, Houston's in the Sweet 16, uh, their odds are now down to, you know, three to one, three and a half to one, let's say, to win the championship. And you're holding a ticket and you're probably saying to yourself, well, uh, you know, once they beat, you know, I don't know, Indiana, let's say, in, in the, or, you know, or Drake maybe, you know, in the, in the Sweet 16, then, then I'll sell. And if they're a huge favorite in that Sweet 16 game, guess what? They're supposed to win and their championship odds will not drop drastically. Uh, and so that should not be a reason to to not sell because if they're supposed to win, then their odds are going to go up marginally. But uh, of course, if you lose, then it goes to zero. Yeah. Yeah. So just easy example. Right now, Houston is five to one odds to win the championship. So let's assume they get all the way to the final four. So they have to win one, two, three, three more games, and that gets them to the final four. What are the odds going to be when they're in the final four? True odds, let's just, for example sake here, true odds should be five to one. There's four teams remaining. You add one to the probability of you winning. You The true odds should get paid five to one in your money. So we are now... Uh, play this forward if you're going to either buy or sell Houston if assuming again somewhat of an if but like I think in Alabama actually will be around five to one if they do get to the final four that's where their odds are right now so if you're going to lock in profit on a team on prop swap um, on a team and lock in that profit on prop swap you just have to be thinking multiple rounds forward and be like all right if I can get five to one on Houston right now or eight to one in Alabama and in, in the Alabama situation, I'm only going to get barely double my money from eight to four. If they win three more games, like is that risk worth it in my brain? And that's the question you have to ask yourself because if the odds are already low, you have to be thinking three rounds forward, they get all the way to the final four, win three more games. What's the new odds going to be? So just be playing that exercise in your mind throughout this, you know, month long tournament that like just be thinking forward and not just be thinking in this very moment, what the odds are. Yep. Um, and just, just to clarify, uh, a team has to win four games to get to the, to get to the final four, uh, six, six total. Uh, unless of course you're one of the, uh, the first, you know, the, the first four teams. Um, but yeah, no, totally. Uh, I think people think that, you know, they win a game and it's going to, I would say in most cases, if it's like a coin flip game or, or thereabouts, the odds will, will decrease by half. But if you're a seven, eight, nine point favorite, it's, it's going to be uh, a lot, a lot less than that. But I, I think, I feel like I talk to people and they're like, 
It's like, well, if, you know, if it's worth 300, to, you know, before this round and they win, like what's going to be worth like a thousand? Like, <laughs> mm, no, um, 600 max is what it's going to go up to. That's a good rule of thumb. Just assume that the value is going to double with each round. It's not perfect, but generally speaking, just assume that is typically what's going to happen. And then on these favorite teams, that's even lower. Like right. the Houston will certainly not be doubling every round. Alabama will certainly not be doubling every round that they win. Right. Um, tip number five, uh, look for injuries. Um, that's something that I feel like is, you know, it's a lot, it's, uh, it's a lot more, uh, obvious in, in the professional sports like NFL, where everything mm-hmm. is so public, um, obviously in college, you know, it, there's, there's HIPAA regulations where like teams don't have to disclose certain injuries at certain times. Uh, and so it's something where, you know, you literally may be wanting to check this up all the way up until game time to see if, if someone's going to play. Um, but, I mean, I'll give you a couple examples of, of key players on, on, on highly uh, ranked teams right now. Uh, the uh, UCLA guard, Jalen Clark, he is out for the tournament. Uh, I think that's a, that's, a key, that's a key thing for that team that, um, you know, UCLA probably would have made my shortlist uh, if it not for, for that key injury. Uh, and then... Uh, once again, talking about Houston, uh, forward Marcus Sasser was injured in the uh, a the American Conference mm-hmm. semifinals uh, and then did not play in the championship. Uh, the team has not announced when he will return. I don't think it's that serious, but um, he's I, b- I believe he also missed time in last year's tournament uh, as well um, with a, with another injury. So uh, that is a that among other ones, I would say is a key thing to uh, to keep an eye out on. Yeah. Yeah. Just there is a difference between how public like you can't just follow Adam Schefter, which is typically a a great source for NFL injuries. Like you got to really do some digging. Um, So I would encourage everyone to just do a quick Google search on a team or uh, CBS Sports will sometimes mention it in their team breakdown. But um, before you make a futures bet, which is you know typically a lot more cash um, involved than a 10 to 20 dollar bracket entry fee um just do some quick research on who's hurt and who's not because obviously houston and ucla both have substantial injuries yeah uh and and i'll give a shout out to uh action network uh they had an article that listed all of the injuries uh and what they believe to be the value to the spread uh for each of those players uh and so um those two guys as mentioned jalen clark and marcus sassers were two of the the highest i mean like you know multiple points uh mm-hmm. value to 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 the spread so um definitely give that a look because obviously not all injuries are created equal in terms of you know whether they're a starter or a bench player or you know what what their really effect is to to the spread and then last tip um so if you're not familiar, there's a guy named Ken Pomeroy who uh, compiles rankings uh, for different stats um, each uh, every year, you know, updated daily or, or, or weekly. Uh, and so since the Ken Palm rankings originated in 2002, if you add a team's adjusted offen- offensive efficiency and defen- defensive efficiency ranks together, no team has ever won a championship when that number is above 50. Uh, and so um, just to clarify, the the adjusted offensive efficiency means the points scored per 100 possessions, uh, and then the defensive uh, translates to points allowed per 100 possessions. So um, 
I would highly suggest uh, looking up Ken Palm and going over those rankings. I actually have the teams that qualify for if you were to combine those uh, those rankings uh, and the teams that fall under 50. They are Houston, Alabama, UConn, UCLA, Texas, Purdue, Kansas, Creighton, Arizona, St. Mary's. So um, in theory, one of those team, one of those 10 teams I just mentioned uh, would have to win the championship um, to, um, and it, you know, if, if that stat, you know, r- remains true and which it has every year since 2002. So uh, I, I think that that's a pretty telling thing. Um, and that, you know, the fact that it's, a, you know, it, it's hitting a hundred percent of the time is, is, uh, is pretty good. Yeah, and, you know, obviously the wrinkle would be on props. So te- you you don't have to win the national championship to make money, so just bear that in mind if you're using our platform. But then the question is, you can't hold this thing until the end. Like you have to make the decision in your brain of, all right, I bought a future on props. So when do I exit this thing? And the answer has to be to make this theory true before <laughs> national championship night. So just have that in your brain. How long are you going to hold these futures until you can, you know, click one one click of a button in the My Tickets section of our app and post it for sale? So, again, just have these exercises in mind as you're approaching the next three weeks of gambling. Yeah. Uh, no, that's, that's, that's a great point, right? I mean, North Carolina last year, right? That was That's a team that technically didn't win the championship, but you could have made 50x your money just by uh, get you know betting them pre-tournament and then selling before the championship game. So uh, I think that's a great point to bring up is that you don't need to pick the winner in order to make money on on prop swap. Uh, and then actually the 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 last last tip, which uh, you know I should have written down, is go for two. Um, I I can't tell you how many times uh, we've we've talked to customers who they've got a great ticket on the team. Um, you know, and you can sell it for a bunch of money, but they just don't know when is the time, the right time to hop off. Uh, and if they had two or three or you know more tickets on that team, it would make it a lot easier for them to make that decision because they could just sell one now and then keep another one uh, to keep you know and let it ride for 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 the full amount. So uh, I cannot stress that tip enough. Um, you know, think of it like buying shares of a stock, right? So if if you like, let's say St. Mary's this year, you know, don't don't make one big ticket at fifty to one odds. Make five, you know, smaller tickets or four smaller tickets, and then you can be selling round by round, you know, essentially. Agreed. Um. So yeah, I mean, that's that's all I got uh, in terms of you know information stats for for this tournament. Um, and so, uh, I think it's that time to, uh, get into a little stake or swap. As I mentioned earlier, uh, going to be doing stake or swap a little differently this week. Uh, we've decided to highlight two teams each, uh, one being a favorite with 20 to one odds or lower and one being a long shot, which obviously have odds greater than than twenty to one. Uh, and so uh, the first team we are going to uh, discuss is Luke's favorite, uh, Kansas at twelve to one. Um, Luke, you go first. Make your case for for Kansas. 
Yeah. So as you mentioned, this is my uh, quote unquote favorite pick team with below 20 to one odds. You can find Kansas at 12 to one on FanDuel right now. They're nine to one, mostly everywhere else. Um, of course, Bill Self was hospitalized last week. I, th- you know, this is me playing doctor, which of course I have no business doing. I think he'll return this upcoming weekend. Even if he doesn't, I think there'll be some added motivation for this team. But the bet here is that he will return. So just bear that in mind. Um, in that region, in the West, you got UConn who went two and six at a point in the Big East to start their conference play. So that's not great. Uh, I think Gonzaga is way overrated as a three. Um, Drew Timmy, of course, is a really good player, but big men do not perform well in the tourney. They, of course, had an early exit last year. Um, we'll get to, to Purdue, I think, later, but I don't trust them either. It was Edie. Um, pace is just too important. The free throws are too important in the tournament. So um, I don't trust Gonzaga. Therefore, uh, I think Kansas will have a nice road. Yeah. Um, I... I, I like that pick as well. Um, you know, the the fall within that that Ken Palm stat I, I mentioned, uh, their combined ranking is 36 in terms of offensive and defensive efficiency. Um, and to my, my first point is the the made it to uh, the, the Big 12 championship game. Um, the, the loss to Texas. Um, but I think that shows that they're that they're you know playing well, uh, top fifty in that in that ranking. Um, but if I were to just, you know, fade it for any reason, it would be, it's just so, it's just so rare to see a, a back-to-back champion. Um, you just, you know, do not see it. I really can't remember the last time there was a back-to-back. It might've been like a Duke or, I don't know. I, I can't say I can't remember the last time. So, um, just for the purposes of parody, I would, I would say that'd be my one concern, but, um, Again, but to your point, you know, if you can get twelve to one and they're nine to one at at most other places, then you can kind of assume that it's that's that that twelve to one could be gone by the time the, tur- the tournament starts. So um, there could just be value in in, in that regard too, is, is finding them at, at twelve to one. Um, next team we'll talk about uh, is my favorite. Um, speaking of the Big Twelve tournament, I am going with Texas uh, currently at twenty to one. Uh, to win the championship, you could find that twenty to one also uh, at FanDuel. So um, you know, I had a couple different criteria in terms of uh, teams I liked, right? So mentioned the Ken Palm thing, but then also I mentioned the the champion uh, doing well in the conference tournament. Texas won the Big Twelve conference tournament, so that, let's check those boxes. And then the other things I look for are uh, free throws, right? I can't tell you. How many times, you know, before I started looking at free throw percentage, you know, I would need a team to win right in my bracket and it's the end of the game and some guy gets fouled and he needs to make both. Right. And it's, you know, they show the stat where it's like, you know, he was 63% on the year in free throws. You're like, oh, my God, like this is the guy I need right now to hit two free throws. And so, um, you know, it doesn't pay off every year, but I remember the year that Villanova uh, won the championship. I I won uh, a huge bracket pool, uh, and because Villanova, especially under Jay Wright, they were they're great every year at the free throw line, and is such a nice feeling when when you need a team and they get fouled, and it's like that guy's oh that guy's eighty percent, that guy's eighty five percent, that guy's eighty three percent. Like it's that is such a nice feeling. So uh, Texas um, the, as a team, they hit seventy five percent of their of their free throws, which is fifty second best in the country. Uh, and then the other thing I look for interrupt you. Are you saying that's a positive for Texas? That that is a positive. Okay. Yeah. 50, that is a positive. 50 second is positive. Okay. 
Yeah. So, I mean, look, these these percentage points, I mean, like the difference between the teams are like percentage points, right? So I would focus. So, you know, you know, the 84th best team hits 74.3% of their, of their things, right? It's like, so like, it's the fact that Texas hits 75% of their free throws is, is a very good thing. Right. Uh, and so I realize 50 seconds seems not great, but like, um, if you were to narrow that down by just tournament teams, you know, that'd be even, even better. Right. Um, True. and then the last thing I look for is, uh, upperclassmen guards. Uh, and so, uh, Texas leading um, point score, leading minutes uh, is is a guard named Marcus Carr, who is a senior. Uh, I think there's a lot to be said for, you know, just having an experienced guy take the ball up the court and initiate the offense. You know, let's say you're the other team's on eight or run and you just need you just need to get into a play like it's it means I think it, it's 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 very important to have a guy who who has some experience and is and is not like a freshman who is going to get frazzled in that, in that situation. So uh, for those reasons, I am staking Texas at twenty to one. Yeah, uh, and for our listeners, I promise we'll disagree at some point. But I I also will stake uh, Texas at twenty to one. You all know my thoughts on Houston. Uh, Texas is playing in that Midwest uh, corner, that Midwest region, so they got to deal with Houston. Um, you know my thoughts on that team. Um, and then the last point, so, uh, Houston would get Indiana as their four seed. Indiana is no slouch this year. Indiana was, uh, five and two against the top 25. So, um, r- tough four seed there for Houston. Um, and then the bottom of the bracket, I do like Xavier, but Texas is better. So that's, um, the three seed that Texas would play is Xavier. Uh, and that's really it. So, um, good team again, value at 20 to one. They are thirteen to one at Barstool, so value at twenty to one, and I agree. I'll stake Texas at twenty. Yeah, um, you know, if if that thing had not happened with the head coach Chris Beard, I would maybe like him even more. But obviously, they've been able to um, to to not lose a step with uh, with Beard missing uh, most of the season. Um, next team we'll talk about is Luke's long shot pick. Uh, Virginia can be found at 80 to one at DraftKings. Um, Luke, uh, make your case for Virginia. Yeah. So, uh, like you mentioned, I'm staking Virginia. They can be found at 80 to one at DK. Meanwhile, they are, uh, 40 to one at some other books. They are 40 to one at MGM. So we could have mentioned this at, um, the, the onset of this podcast, we say this all the time, price shop, price shop, price shop, price shop. Make sure you're looking at every possible um, legal, of course, sports book in your state. Of course, make sure to check props off as well um, to find the best number on that team. This is no different. Virginia at 80 to one at DK. Um, so they are in the uh, South bracket. They have Bama as their one seed. I just feel like karma says that Alabama is going to lose with the whole Brandon Miller situation. We'll see if I'm wrong, but I feel like karma will come into play at some point for that team. But put that aside, really good defense this year. Virginia was as high as second in the country in the polls. Um, they were 15-5 and five in the ACC. So this just is a really good team. I trust Tony Bennett and um, to give me 80-1. to one, odds right now i think is excellent value in uh in that south region so yeah i'm i'm going to swap uh for virginia for a couple reasons um 
one, actually, I'm, I'm surprised you like them because with they did have State. a second-round matchup with San Diego State. I, who, I know. Uh, who, who, who you like. I do like them. Um, and, and I also like Alabama. Uh, I, I, you know, um, legal issues aside, um, Alabama checks a lot of, a lot of boxes uh, for me. Uh, I like their coach. Um, but, you know, going back to the, the Ken Palm thing, uh, Virginia – Ranks seventy fourth in in offensive uh, efficiency. Uh, obviously, they're 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 twenty fifth in defensive, and and I feel like that's that's the thing every year, right? They are really good defensively, and they struggle to to score the ball. And for a team like that, I don't think their conference record is a great indication of of their tournament success. I know that the the won the championship in in recent memory, but like besides that i just do not feel like this is a brand of basketball that does well in the tournament because there will be a game where they need to to keep up with a team and they just cannot do that like i don't think you can hang your hat on on the the defense every single game and and keep a game in the in the 50s um and then back to the to the free throw percentage shooting um virginia ranks 250th in the country in free throw percentage of, you know, that's only 70%. Um, I mean, that's 70%, but still 250th. That's not, that's not great. Uh, and so just the fact that can't score the ball, they're not great. The line, um, I, for those reasons, I, I I'm swapping, uh, Virginia. Yeah, no, super fair. Um, Dave Portnoy, the founder of Barstool sports is, uh, referring to Alabama as murder Inc. <laughs> So, but I agree. I mean, that's that shouldn't, uh, you know, ethics doesn't always translate to on-court performance. So, yeah. Um, so then the next team uh, we'll talk about is is my long shot pick. Um, I am going with Creighton at forty to one, uh, which can also be found um, on on DraftKings. Um. Again, the fall within the the Ken Palm ranking thing, uh, forty three is their combined um, offensive and defensive defensive efficiency rankings. Uh, the rank thirtieth in the country in free throw shooting uh, at almost seventy seven percent as a team. Um, now, granted, they did not uh, at least make the championship game in their in their conference tournament. The you know the Big East is was was is also a tough a tough conference. Um, their their star guard is a sophomore. He's not upperclassman, but uh, Ryan Nemhart is is very good, and I believe his brother plays in the in the NBA. Uh, and then talking about coaching, Greg McDermott, uh, of course, the the father of of Doug McDermott, uh, who played at Creighton and went on to play for the Bulls and, and other teams in the NBA. He's been there for a million years. I think he's he's a really good coach with a lot of experience. And so uh, for for those reasons. Um, Creighton forty to one. I mean, they've been ranked all season, pretty much. Uh, I think I think that's great value. Yeah, um, I will. I'll swap Creighton at forty to one. Just I don't disagree with them making a, a decent run, but forty to one just not a ton of value there for a team. I think should probably be like in the sixty to one range. Um, for those who are only listening on the audio version, I am wearing a University of Arizona pullover. Um, Creighton would face them in the. Sweet 16 game, so I would take Arizona over them. They have to get through Baylor. I agree with you. I don't trust Baylor enough. Creighton would play Baylor in the second round. So I do think they can beat Baylor. I'm not saying Arizona wins a national championship, but I do think they have enough offensive firepower to beat the Omaha-Nebraska-based Creighton team. Um, 
So, yeah, for that reason, just not enough value, and I think Arizona will be a little bit too much on the offensive end. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm in a love-hate relationship right now with, with Arizona. Obviously, I went there as well. Uh, I was watching and rooting hard for them to beat UCLA, but um, sometimes maybe just – which we did, Which we yeah, did. yeah. yeah. Um, but sometimes they just frustrate the hell out of me, uh, especially like defensively. And you know, uh, Kirk Carissa, he has some you know moments as a point guard, but other moments it's he just not not winning plays uh, as a point guard. So um, yeah, not a good shooter. Yeah. So maybe maybe betting Creighton will be an emotional hedge if <laughs> if uh, Arizona does end up losing to, to them. Um, so. That will do it uh, for, for this week's episode. Uh, hopefully uh, you found those tips informative. Um, uh, good luck in your bracket. Uh, as always, if you have any questions or comments, please feel free to send us an email, uh, info info at propswap.com, or send us uh, a tweet at PropSwap on, on Twitter. Um, please make sure to subscribe, leave a rating, and we will talk to you next week.